1: That's eight hundred nine four three twenty one fifty
2: three. You guys, it's Rick Tittle.
3: Thank you for that, and welcome back to lighting Sports with Rick Title on a hump. Dip. What you got, what you get, come on in and get heard. 1-800-878-PLAY. 1-800-878-7529. We are here for you to talk sports. Football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, golf, tennis, auto racing, boxing, Olympics, a troll ball, chess checkers, rugby, cricket, all of that good stuff. Feel free to get in. 1-800-878-PLAY, one 800 878 We do have uh, guests, when do we not start off the show with uh, filmmaker Jesse Johnson. He's directed a movie called Boudica, Queen of War, with Olga Kurlyenko. yeah. Mentalist Michael Gutenplan. Guten Morgen, meinen Damen und Herren. He has a uh, show at the Magic Castle. Yeah. Rick, you sound smarter when you speak English. I know. Brad Owen, star player on the World Poker Tour. We'll also have Ivan uh, Jagadar for the South Asian Film Festival. Third Hour, JD Sharp might drop by. And then author Barbara Edelston has a new book called A Hole. Athlete makes the world better. Who can make the sunshine? Alright. The whole athlete can uh twitch.tv, also tune in app, iHeartRadio app, stitcher app, sportsbyline.com. Go there, click listen live. My voice will sound like this. Emails rick at sportsbyline.com on your television set, C R N Digital Plus 2, the Cable Radio Network Channel 2. And your cable provider. You can go that way as well. As well. Also, um, you can uh, check me out, Tittle Letting Sports with Rick Tittle on Facebook. That is the uh, fan page. And the Twitter X is at Rick Tittle. And the Houston Astros going to Dallas tonight, and they better win the game. They're down 2 nothing in the ALCS. So come on back.
0: Wendy's new Breakfast 2 for $3 Biggie Bundles let you create your own delicious combo. Choose from a sausage biscuit, egg and cheese biscuit, small seasoned potatoes, and a medium hot coffee.
1: But it's obvious which combo's the best, sausage biscuit and small seasoned potatoes. Well, maybe it's the fresh cracked egg and cheese biscuit with a medium hot coffee, or two savory
4: sausage biscuits.
5: Yeah, uh, whichever you pick, you can't go wrong. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's new two for three dollar biggie bundles. Limited time only. U.S. price of participation may vary. Not valid in a combo. Single item at regular price.
6: The new iPhone 15 Pro with titanium is here. Switch to my plan from Verizon at your local store today, and you'll get the amazing new iPhone 15 Pro on us with Unlimited Ultimate when you trade in any iPhone, any model, any condition, guaranteed. Yep, even the old phone in your pocket right now. It's your Verizon. 999.99 dollars 99 128 gigabyte only. Device payment purchase or full retail purchase with new smartphone line on Unlimited Ultimate plan required. Less $1,000 trade-in or promo credit applied over 36 months. Promo credit ends if eligibility requirements are no longer met.
7: 0% APR. keeping you in the game even if one of your players goes down. Sweat it out, watch your entry update in real time and continue the fun by making picks on second half and fourth quarter stats. Take your game day experience to the next level with Price Picks. And right now when you go to pricepicks.com/byline and use code byline, Price Picks is matching your first deposit up to $100. That's pricepicks.com/byline with code byline for a 100% deposit match. Price Picks
1: Eight hundred seven six zero one eight four five. 760 1845. That's 800 760 1845.
9: Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a genius. The best show ever. He's so wonderful. Genius. The best show ever. He's so wonderful. Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a he so handsome, he's
3: a genius. Thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you, coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. Trying to get Twitch TV going, everything is moving in slow motion, so I think I might have to just shut everything down and start over. That would suck, man, dude. That would totally suck. All right, one right. Play to get in and uh, get, oh, there it goes. Get in and get heard. We're waiting on our first guest, and uh, when we have him, we'll uh, we will pick him up and literally take him and throw him on the air, and and uh, it's gonna hurt because we don't have a lot of padding here. You might remember this was years ago we actually had a guy come in and he had this wrestling mat and it went together with velcro and it had like I came in like I don't know four pieces and it's like anytime you want you can have a wrestling mat and uh I remember Dominic came in I the guy wrestled me on it we did it on Facebook live and all I said was uh yeah this stinks so it was weird. All right, we got Charlie in New York City. What's going on, my man?
10: Hey Rick, I know you may you have a guest coming up. I'll be quick. Uh yesterday I was in and out with the show. Did you uh talk about uh Trevor May blasting our beloved A's owner? I spent the uh, whole first
3: talk? segment on it, yeah.
10: I missed it completely. All right, so I won't ask you to rehash. I just No, we can I'll rehash.
3: Say. I think it's I, I think it's uh it's great. I never really uh, I mean, Trevor May was weird. He was our highest-paid player, and then he missed some time f- with anxiety, and then he ended the year with like nine straight saves. And I thought he was coming back, but yeah, he went He's on tired. Twitch, and yeah. yeah, he he blew him out of the water. And that doesn't mean they're not moving, but it was kind of fun for five minutes.
10: No, yeah, okay. I I, I was at a doctor's appointment, so I couldn't uh, get your show. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, no, I, I I'm glad, and and I'm uh, just to, to to add on that. He, uh, he, um, I, it was funny because I, I was reading something, I sort of listening to something. On, um, he said that they asked him, Did you ever meet uh, Fisher? And he says, He's never, I haven't seen him, not once. And some players here in the few years they've been here haven't met him once. He doesn't come to the ballpark, he doesn't show up. He's the space that some people don't even know he looks like, <laughs>
9: <laughs> <laughs>
10: which I find hysterical, but, uh, yeah, nothing will come of it. It just put a spotlight on him, but you know, you know, it's, it's, it's unfortunate, uh, uh with the, uh, Phillies, they, yeah. they're, they're, they're 10, nothing win. I thought Arizona might give them a bit of a run. it's, it's, they just seem to have that. You know, I'm not the biggest Bryce Harper fan, and I don't know. I didn't watch much of the game yesterday, but he he just seems to take it up a notch when he gets into the uh, October and and, and and playoffs. He he's he's a great clutch hitter. I didn't realize Philly has a. They have a really. I mean, they obviously went to the World Series last year, but I thought that was a one you know one and done type of thing. They they they. I know they brought in Trey Turner. Um, But I I don't know if they'll get past the Rangers or Houston, but uh, uh, I I think that series is probably over in four or five games. You you give Arizona a (laughs) shot? Well,
3: I mean, their best two pitchers, Lost and yeah, yeah and, and yesterday, I mean it was a, the game was over pretty early. I think you're right about Harper and I think he's so PO'd that he spent all those years in Washington and as soon as they leave they win a World he Series. Won a, won a yeah, World they Series. he wants his <laughs> ring, man.
10: Yeah, I think I think he I think he's gonna carry that team. I again I don't I just like you said with Bo Bochi with the Rangers, they just seem although uh what's the uh, Christian from U, uh Texas, he, he Houston stinks at home for whatever reason yeah. or 500 and they 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 play really well on the road and you remember the world series against those Washington all the road, all the road teams won that in that
3: All series. 7 yeah
10: yeah so i i, I wouldn't write off you Houston is like the patriots and some of these other teams that just i wouldn't write Houston off yet even though it's it's looking grim is is Scherzer pitching or is he he was activated is he going to start he, for, uh, the Rangers?
3: he said that he was going to play. Let me see who the uh, – we got you on the line right here. Let me see who the matchup is tonight because he said uh, he was ready to go. And it just makes me think, you know, if they had had DeGrom, they would have won the division. They would have started at home. Yeah, it is Scherzer tonight against Christian Javier, so that will be good.
10: Oh, okay, cool. All right. Um, I just wanted to throw my uh, two cents in. Like I said, yeah. I missed your monologue on, on Trevor May, and I thought it was refreshing that a player – you know, blasted them. Again, nothing will come of it. But I I just thought it was refreshing and I wish more players would uh, do that. Yes. You know, anyway.
3: Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, buddy,
10: I'll keep listening. Thanks, Charlie. I appreciate
3: the call. And yes, listen, there are so many ways now uh, for players uh, to have these uh, platforms, of social media, and he was on Twitch, which I'm on, Right. well, it's trying to get on. I'm <laughs> gonna we'll have to restart this thing. But uh, if you don't know what Twitch is, it's a service. Whereas it was invented so you could watch other people play video games, <clears throat> and it was a huge hit. And there are a couple blocks down the street here. At their headquarters, and uh, me and uh, my boss, we went over there a couple of years ago and got the full. Uh, tour and all the free food they have there—that's like a great place to work. But they're like the the new guys. Like you have all these comedians in. We want to set up some cameras and we'll just bring it all over. You don't have to pay a penny. We'll set it all up, and we're like, great. So we have it. And so Trevor May was on Twitch, and he got a little uh, got a little spicy with the language. But that's just how uh, people talk these days, even girls, and. <laughs> There used to be this thing called mixed company, which was a polite way of saying, don't swear around the women. Now they're just as, if not more, foul mouth. Rick, that's a good thing. Okay. Um, But uh, the thing about Fisher that is just even more maddening is think about this quote. He says, we don't have the premium seating that allows us to bring in the revenue to compete He's saying that about the Earthquake Stadium. Yes, it's still very new. It was called Avaya. Now it's called PayPal. And the team has not won a playoff game in 11 years. They've only gone to the playoffs twice in the last 10 years. And this guy is already putting the feelers out there to say, yeah, this, we we got to get out of this stadium. I mean, it's mind-boggling. Where does he want to move that team? But the, the thing that I, I liked best about what Trevor May said and you know about putting people out of, you know, out of work who've worked there for decades, hundreds if not thousands, he said something to the effect of you should be proud of something when you own it. Well, George Steinbrenner, you might call him a megalomaniac, but he said, my favorite quote for an owner, the only reason you should buy a team is to win. That should be the only reason. It shouldn't be an investment. You know, and he's a he's from Cleveland and he made his money in shipping in Florida, but he had a chance to buy the New York Yankees. He's like, why the hell wouldn't wouldn't I do that? And win, win, win. And he'd fire how many times did he hire and fire Billy Martin and Bob Lemon and and Gene Klein and Yogi Berra and <laughs> Lou Piniella, like all these guys that he went through. He just wanted to win and he was a pain in the ass. But he won most of the time. The Yankees were scary most of the time uh, outside of the, the Matt Noakes, Bobby Meacham years there in the late 80s. But, uh, yeah, Trevor May, I mean, he you could say, oh, he waited till he was gone. Well, yeah, if you're going to rip your boss, then get ready to get fired. And he probably didn't feel like getting fired, so now he's gone. And so now he rips him. And you might say, well, that's weak. Maybe it is, but it's, it's, he's speaking for thousands of people. And his voice carries a lot because, you know, he was the highest paid player on the team last year. All right, I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break and we will come on back on Sports Byline. Oh,
11: yeah. The big stuff.
1: That's 800-211-6008.
14: You must be crazy. Use a D-O-G. And if you was my man, I would have been kicked you out of my house by now. This is what had happened.
3: All right. That's fantastic. And uh, welcome back to the show. Great to have you with us, wherever you are listening in this great land of ours. And let's face it, so-so foreign lands, because some of them stink. And um, yeah, everything is frozen here, so... Uh, do you mean the temperature? Kind of. So I'm gonna uh, gonna reset and try and start it over again because I know people on Twitch TV, I've I've ruined their whole day. They they just want to uh, you know either lunchtime on the East Coast or wake up here at nine o'clock. They go to the drudgery of some cubicle or working for the man every night and day. Never lost a minute of sleep. Working worrying about the way things might have been, but. Big Wheel keep on turning. Twitch.tv keeps on burning. 1-800-878-PLAY. And, yes, there is pressure tonight on the Houston Astros. They have their backs against the wall. Um, they know they are one step away from feeling the full force <laughs> of this of this juggernaut, Texas Rangers, <clears throat> undefeated, red-hot I mean the Rangers went on the road and got to there at Minute Maid Enron whatever they call it and and uh Dusty Baker manager of the Astros you know both of these managers are going to be in the Hall of Fame uh that's basically a given uh, I would say and um you know he's he's seen this before and uh Dusty said uh, it looks like Twitch is working now Dusty said, I am not thinking about being down 3-0. That is the last thing on my mind. My mindset is to be down 2-1 and then be even 2-2 and then hopefully get to 3-2 and hopefully get to the World Series. That's how my mind thinks, end quote. And the one positive for the Astros is that they did shellack the Rangers there uh, recently, there was a three-game set near the end of the season, and they outscored the Rangers 39-10 to 10 and hit 16 home runs. That is stunning in a three-game series to hit 16 home runs. I'm going to go ahead and say that's more than five per game, every game. And Dusty said, all I know, certain places that allow you to go feel very comfortable as a hitter offensively, and I know that our guys – See the ball well here. Here means Globe Life Stadium. And as I was just talking about with Charlie, Max Scherzer will be making his first start in five weeks. He suffered a, and look, as long as I've been following sports, as long as you have, this was a new one for me. He tore a terrace muscle, T-E-R-E-S. In his pitching shoulder, terrace muscle, never heard of that one. And I just rehabbed a shoulder during the pandemic. I thought I knew everything about rotator cuffs and all that other crap. Capsules. (laughs) I remember Dallas Braden exploded a capsule in his shoulder. Ground control to Major Tom. It's time to leave the capsule and put your helmet on. Christian Javier, though, is very good as well. And he's been very good this playoffs. But, yeah, Scherzer said, hey, when I got hurt, they said four to six weeks. I took one day to feel bad about it, and the next day I was back to grinding because I knew that we have a team that can compete compete with anybody. And Bruce Bochy already said, yeah, he's on a pitch count. and They said, how many? And he said 70, at least. Bochi said he threw 69 pitches facing hitters a week uh, or so ago, and that's the starting point. Obviously, we will watch the innings and how stressful they are and how he feels. Now, right before he got hurt, just a couple days before, September 6th, he was facing the Astros, and they scorched him. In three innings, it was a 12-3 to victory. They got him for seven runs in three innings. Jose Abreu with a salami, Jordan Alvarez, a two-run shot, and Michael Brantley hit a solo shot. That's seven runs on three dingers. So, and if you look at guys, this is something I used to do when I used to do the A's pregame. I'd always look at guys who were uh, very hot or very cold um, against the pitcher, career, because I think that does have, if you say, oh, this team beat that team the last 20 years, I'm like, well, it's all different players. It only matters to the fans. That has really no bearing. But if you are a guy like Chili Davis owned Doc Gooden, If I, I, I can't even begin to tell you how good Dwight Gooden was right away. When they had the All-Star Game at Candlestick Park, I want to say 1987 was the All-Star Game at Candlestick Park, and he just struck out the side. He just came in, and it was just gasoline, and guys were just— it was sort of like when we first saw Kerry Wood. I mean, we thought Kerry Wood was going to be the next Christy Mathewson. But Chili Davis owned Dwight Gooden. If you look at anybody in the Astros who can own a guy as good as Scherzer, who's probably going to go to the Hall of Fame, too, it's Michael Brantley. 370 career, and that's 54 at-bats. He's hitting 370, three home runs, eight doubles, and a triple. Um, Scherzer has faced the Astros ten times in his career. This is when we start getting into the minutia of not the same players. We just talked about what happened the last time he pitched against them and he got shelled. But he is 5-2 and two with a 3 3 And you might remember when he was pitching for those aforementioned Nationals in the World Series, he was fantastic. He started two games he went 1-0 and with a 3-6. Uh, career postseason, Scherzer is okay in the playoffs. He's not bad. He's not fantastic. He's okay. 7-7. Now, that's a team stat and a drink. But his ERA of 3-5-8 in 27 career postseason starts is respectable. You don't fawn over it, but anything under 4 is respectable. Now, Javier. He has started three games in the playoffs in his career. He has yet to allow a run. That's pretty amazing. And you might remember the uh, combined no-hitter against the Phillies in Game 4 of last year's World Series. He started the first six of that. Um, As I mentioned, he's been pretty good so far. He beat the Twins in Game 3 of the AL Divisional Series. He pitched five innings and allowed one hit. He said, "My job is to go out there, not let the game speed up on me, and just try to stay relaxed." So, 15 postseason appearances. Javier now five and one with a 1.91. Uh, 14 career appearances. That's 10 starts against Texas. Five and one with a 3.84. If you want to go back to this summer for a good sign as a Rangers fan, they roughed him up for eight runs and nine hits over four and a third. That was on July 3rd. But that was still a twelve to eleven Houston victory. Anyone hot, conversely, against the Houston pitcher, and that would be Corey Seager, five for twenty with two home runs. Now, that's a two fifty average, but two home runs is something. And Corey Seager is playing really well right now. uh, Right now, and um, you look at you know who's on the shelf. Uh, and really the only player that the Astros would like to have would be Lance McCullers Jr., and he's out until next year. You look at all the other guys um, that are out for the Rangers and Ian Kennedy and Jake Odorizzi and obviously Jacob deGrom, and yet they're the ones that are undefeated uh, so far. We talked about the rivalry of these two Uh, teams as well. And you just wonder, what can we expect out of Max Scherzer? I mean, as I said, five weeks he has not pitched. And if you think about that, uh, you know, as you said, four to six weeks, well, it's five weeks. It's right in the middle of that window. And when he was added to the ALCS roster, he said, I've pressed all the buttons I can. I'm ready to go. I feel normal. That's all I can say. All I can do is describe what I feel like, and if I have an issue, I have to let them know, but my arm feels fresher. Fresher, yes, but remember, what happens usually in spring training? Are the pitchers ahead of the hitters, or are the hitters ahead of the pitchers? It usually starts off that the the hitters are ahead of the pitchers. It takes the pitchers a while to get into their groove, and maybe, I talked to Sonny Gray about this once, the manager might say, all you're going to do today is just uh, throw curveballs. What? That's what, you want, uh, that's what we're doing in the spring training start. And you get shilled. I heard an interview with uh, Henry he said when he was playing soccer and Arsene Wenger was like, today you can only pass the ball backwards no matter what. Why? He goes, that's, that, you have to do it. That's all we're doing today. It's just to work on things. Um, but my money would be on Scherzer to show up because he has so many times over the last decades. All right, I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break. We'll come on back with mentalist Michael Gutenplan.
15: Exergen thermometers are proven to be more accurate than non-contact thermometers. With children back at school, keeping them healthy is important. Clinical studies have proven that non-contact thermometers are inaccurate and can miss fevers. Accuracy matters. That's why the Exergen thermometer is trusted and used by medical professionals. Exergen thermometers are available at many fine retailers. Choose a trusted and accurate thermometer for personal use. Learn more about why accuracy matters. Available at Walmart and participating retailers. Learn more at
16: exergen.com.
1: Paid for by the Detox and Treatment Helpline.
18: Do you use the expensive blue or yellow pills to charge your sex life? Are you thinking about it? What if we can promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for the other pills, you're getting taken to the cleaners. Our pills deliver the exact same results for less than $3. You'll save more than $16 a pill for the same results.
1: That's
6: 800-965-1295.
8: it doesn't really matter i uh i
6: don't like my job and uh i don't think i'm gonna go anymore
14: thinks there's a direct correlation between dogs and lightning.
3: Uh, I think a lot of weird stuff. Welcome back to the show. 1-800-878-PLAY is a number to call, coast to coast, and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure to welcome to the show mentalist Michael Gutenplan, and uh, he is here to talk about the show that he'll be doing at the Magic Castle on Wednesday. November eighth, Michael. Welcome to the show. Third generation psychic. I, I guess this is the kind of thing you you do inherit, huh?
19: Yeah, you know, it's I I believe everybody has these abilities. First of all, thank you for having me, mm-hmm. uh, and thank you for your listeners. I think everybody has this. This is not. I'm not talking to the dead. I'm not kind of doing moving things with my mind. I'm trusting my instinct, my intuition, and I really do think it is. It's a muscle more than it's a power. And the more you use it, the better you get at it.
3: Um, I've had Kreskin on the show many times, and he calls <laughs> he calls himself a mentalist. And the thing I loved about him watching him on Letterman was that he was always wrong. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, always wrong, but he was so lovable, it didn't matter. Um, for you to go on stage, if you're always wrong, people aren't going to show up. So how do you make sure you just trust your intuition, you like, I got this?
19: All right, can I, can I be honest with you? Please. can't, can't your, your viewers have to keep this to themselves. Okay. The, the truth is, first of all, I love Creskin and I also used to watch him on Letterman when I was, when I was growing up, and I, I just think he's the best. Uh, but, and he's still at it. You can still catch Creskin at theaters now. Mm-hmm. The truth to my show is it's as real as you want it to be. So I believe when I'm up there and I'm making a prediction and I'm reading your mind, I'm asking you to think of something or say something and I've predicted it or I can tell you what you're thinking, I believe it's real. I believe in that moment it is real. Now you can be sitting in your seat going, oh my gosh, this person has all the powers in the world. This is incredible. And you're right, you're 100% right. And you can be sitting in your seat and going, bunch of baloney, it's a magic show. And, and there's elements to that that you're right. The truth is in the middle. The truth is not one person has paid to see me get it wrong. I don't, I'm not trusting, you didn't come to see me. You came to see a mentalist who happens to be me. Mm -hmm. And my job is to give you the most incredible experience. So as much as I want it to be real, as much as I want it to be in that performance true, in my back pocket, I got that secret thing. Call it a magic trick, whatever you want, to make it work. Because at the end of the day, you're my assistant on stage. You're my co-star. I want to make you look great. I can get it wrong. You can't. I need to make you look good when you're up there. So there is a little bit of, manipulation, if you'll call it that, to make sure that it works, not to make me look good, but to make you look good.
3: Yeah, so you're also a uh, magician, a lot of leger de main or t- card tricks. What do you, What's <laughs> going on there?
19: So I, I would say my profession is mentalism. My profession is to be a mind reader, to entertain with that aspect, psychic entertainment. Uh, my hobby, my love, my passion is magic. And they cross over very you know, often. Uh, but I'll do, I'll do strolling magic. I'll do card tricks and, and kind of what I'll call strolling mentalism, where I'll do palm readings, where I'll do card tricks and uh, little bits of magic at a cocktail party. But as I've gotten more professional and successful in the mind reading world, I kind of held back and really kept the magic for myself and those few events I get to go to. But I love it. There's nothing more incredible than a magician doing something so amazing right in your hands or, you know, making, making someone disappear. It's just, it's just the coolest thing in the world.
3: Now, I was talking to a guy uh, the other day who's a professional. He does talk to dead people, and he, he told me a couple <laughs> stories about how he had to deliver tragic news uh, to people. Have you ever really, really upset someone, or, or you, you knew it was going to happen, but you had to tell it, or, or maybe you thought it wouldn't be, and they were crushed by it?
19: Here's So I I very clearly state that I don't talk to the dead. Um, What I do is it's called an intuitive psychic. So I trust my instincts, my intuition. And like I said, I I, I think everybody has this power. Uh, It's just the more you work at it, the more powerful it becomes. I have done, I do palm readings. Um, I'm considered an expert in palm reading. And, you know, you'll look at someone's palm, you'll look at someone's body language, and you just know there's a medical thing or there's a you know, something's coming up, something bad is about to happen. Uh, I'm a big believer that you should leave feeling better than you came in, whether it's a show or a reading. At the end of the day, people don't really want to hear bad news. And there are ways to tell people the truth in a positive light. So, for example, if I'm looking at your palm and, oh, my gosh, there's a medical situation about to happen, you got to, you know, what I'll say is it, it, it's nothing to worry about, but, I, you know, soon – Something's going to pop up. You're not going to feel right. I get a sense that there's a a medical situation happening. Nothing to worry about, but I really want you to pay attention to it and see the doctor because if you you go to the doctor soon, it's going to be fine. So what I'm doing is I'm peppering the pot saying, hey, you, you know, something's coming up on your line here. But pay attention to it. Go get help. Because my job is not to let someone down. My job is to lift someone up. If I'm doing a show on stage, nobody should walk. They may be disappointed with the quality of the show, but they shouldn't be disappointed uh, in the revelations that are made. Uh, my job is to lift you up to a to a height you've never been before.
3: A couple more questions from mentalist Michael Gutenplan. He's at the Magic Castle on November 8th down in Los Angeles. The other thing, too, I think, which is... Another notch of anxiety or something that I admire about people like you is that if we go see a band or we go see a a hockey game, we just sort of accept we might get a good hockey game. We might get a bad one. This band might suck. It might be great. But for for a guy like you, I would say maybe 90% of the audience is like, prove to me that this works, you charlatan. I mean it's the you know what I mean? The the pressure yeah. of the doubters who are like, this is a bunch of trash, it's you know, it's been going on for hundreds of years, I'm not buying in. And that's hard when your audience comes in hot like that, right?
19: Absolutely. You know, I I I, I had a philosophy and that is if I create a show with the expectation that nobody wants to be there and nobody wants to believe in it. I'm already starting from the bottom up. I'm I'm creating a show for that person who's sitting there with their arms crossed going, give me a break. So by focusing on that person, everybody else who wants to be there is already taken care of. My show is designed in a way that we start with the the logically somewhat real stuff. So the beginning of my show, I do body language readings. I'll look at someone, I'll say, one of you tell me a lie. And I'll, I'll explain to the audience what I'm looking at. If you notice how this person's standing or how their finger's moving or how their eyeball went up to the upper left corner, they're clearly lying when they say that. You are establishing credibility. I don't, I don't have the TV credits. I'm not a household name. My first job in any show is to establish credibility. And if you establish credibility in enough of a way, in an honest way, not, not putting on a show, just being honest with your skill sets, Even the, we'll call it the contrarian, the person who doesn't want to believe, has to accept, well, there's some truth to that. And that's the slippery slope. As soon as they accept there's a little truth to something, everything becomes possible. So the the show becomes more and more fantastical leading up to predictions and mind reading in its truest sense. But to get to that point where that person with their arms crossed is going to go, hey, that was pretty good you have to meet them at their level, which is show me the honest truth. And then if you, you, you make me believe that I'll follow you anywhere. Uh, And, and it's been successful. You know, I I have people come up to me at the end of the show and they go, be, be honest with me. Was that real? Were were you being honest? And I say, look, the, the, the truth is what you want it to be. I believe it's real. Like I said earlier, it's as real as you want it to be. I would never challenge someone's beliefs, but my job is to leave you thinking leave you questioning more than you came in with.
3: Well, you're also telling them, like a lot of people don't, like if I see Jimi Hendrix, like you can't play like this, you're telling people you can do this too, right?
19: I, I am, I, you know, I I am third generation. My, my, my father and my grandfather, they're not performers, but they truly believe in their psychic powers, their ESP, their gut instinct. And they're no different than anybody else. They just took the time to hone this, to work this muscle, So if you come to my show and you walk away going, wow, he was amazing. I think you did miss the point. The point is we are amazing. We as humans are more alike than we are different. And the amount of things, the things that we can do, uh, you know, the, the old expression, you don't know what you don't know. Well, you don't know what you're able to do until you have someone show it to you. So in my show, when you come up on stage from the audience and you unlock your psychic potential You go back to your seat and you're in a euphoric state. You're going, I didn't think that I could do that. Uh, And I work really hard to make sure that nobody's embarrassed. Nobody has a bad time. That's just bad taste. You know, you bring someone up. uh, I'm not Ronnie Dangerfield or uh, Don Rickles. I'm not up there to give them a hard time. I'm up there to, 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 to put them at ease so that they can dig deep into their soul, enjoy this moment, and have something to talk about for the rest of their life.
3: I know that you've been banned from a casino because you knew what the roulette wheel was going to do. I know that the Maasai brought you in and made you a member of the tribe. But when you're performing (laughs) for these oligarchs and royalty, do you get a call from like Oprah or Meghan Markle or Jeff Bezos saying, just come over to the house. I'll have the helicopter pick you up and give me a reading for an hour.
19: So so just to, to let your listeners kind of understand, I created a very interesting market. And the markets called ultra-high net worth families. These are people who have more money than they know what to do with. They're leaders of industries. Uh, And I live in Los Angeles. I live near Beverly Hills. So we have uh, summer homes of Middle Eastern kings and and queens and princes and princesses. Uh, We have celebrities, as everybody would imagine, and business executives. And uh, I haven't had the, the helicopter pick me up, but I have had some interesting calls from assistants where they say, hey, uh, we're having a small get-together. Can you come do your show for us? And my show is usually for, a, you know, a few hundred people. Uh, and uh, one, I, usually it's in a non-disclosure agreement in NDA, but I can reveal one that, that they enjoyed it so much they said, tell people you did this. Uh, Brian Grazer, the, the famous uh, Hollywood producer, uh, it was during COVID, And uh, I get a call from his assistant that they're having a birthday party, and they would like someone to come entertain, Uh, and they wanted me to do my show. They had heard about me and thought it would be a fun experience. So uh, in their backyard, I'm expecting this big party, uh, and it may have been 10 people, and it was his family, his brother, him, his wife, his kids, uh, nieces and nephews, and that was it. Uh, And and to my surprise, most of these kind of really high-end parties that I do, these We, in our mind, imagine that you're walking into this mansion in Beverly Hills, and there's hundreds of rich and famous people. It's usually a dozen people in a home who want the show that I do for hundreds just for them. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and that was really the big surprise for me. So I I do get these calls. Usually the call is, hey, we see you're going to be performing in uh, Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Uh, Can you come can you stay an extra day? We'll take care of everything, and come to our ski chalet and entertain our friends
9: with
19: your show. <laughs> uh, I, so that's usually where it comes in. We see that you're going to be in our area. Mm-hmm. We don't want to show our face in public. Can you come to our <laughs> home? Uh, yeah. And I, us, and I don't.
3: I don't mean to cut you off, but we got to run. Everybody, check it yeah. out. Go to Mentalist dot show. Yeah. Once again, Mentalist show. And if you're in LA, check him out Wednesday, November eighth at the Magic Castle. It is Michael Gutenplan. Thank you so much for your time, and let's catch up down the road. Thank
19: you. Yeah, have a great day, and thank you to uh, Armed Services people around the world. Thank you so much for all you do.
3: All right, well said. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back.
1: That's 800-788-1495.
11: If you're struggling to keep up with conversations, avoiding restaurants because you can't understand the waiter...
1: That's 800-278-1738. Hey, airline travelers, let's say you have a problem and you need to change or cancel an existing airline reservation
14: Rick Tittle is a majestic stallion.
3: Oh, there's some doubt in your voice. Coming up in about 15 minutes, we're going to have Brad Owen, the poker player. And I tweeted, I have him out, and he retweeted it, and he said, Looking forward to being on this sports radio show based out of San Francisco shortly, even though I've been trying not to think about the Niner loss. Meme of hand and face, or emoji, I should say. Um... Says, hopefully CMC will be ready to go and will bounce back this week against the Vikings. So obviously a Niner fan. And uh, over the years, it's funny when you meet people and you find out who they're like crazy about. And I remember Dan Soder, who is now a uh, big comedian when he was getting his start and he started doing the punchline. He would come in here for a few years And he was born in the Bay Area, but he grew up in Denver with his stepfather. But he's the most diehard Niner fan of any comedian. Like, everything is Niners. And I remember he came in the year Levi's was opened, and I said, uh, leave now. It's really hard to get to. He's like, really? I go, yeah, you should probably leave a day before. But anyway, we'll (laughs) talk to Brad. We'll also talk to Yvonne Jaggerdar and J.D. Sharp and Barbara Edelston. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back.
18: USA News,
2: I'm Corey Myers. The president is en route to make a wartime visit to Israel right after a deadly blast at a Gaza hospital that killed hundreds.
20: Palestinian officials blame Israel, but the Pentagon said it's not clear who's responsible. Israel says the bombing was the result of a rocket misfire carried out by Islamic Jihad Palestinian militants. I'm Dave Collins.
2: According to a Palestinian official, an Israeli airstrike on that Gaza hospital resulted in hundreds of casualties. This attack occurred last night amid the ongoing conflict between Israel and Hamas. However, Pentagon Deputy Press Secretary Sabrina Singh says it is not clear who's responsible for that missile strike. It should be very clear that Hamas is the one
11: putting Palestinians uh, or those in Gaza at great risk.
2: Israel has stated that they do not target hospitals. Israeli forces seem ready for a ground invasion of Gaza. In response to coordinated attacks by Hamas earlier this month, Israel has both enforced a blockade on the Gaza Strip and conducted airstrikes in the region. The casualties from that conflict have now reached 4,200. The U.S. and Israel have come to an agreement to facilitate the distribution of humanitarian aid from donor nations to civilians in Gaza. Rising concerns about a broader conflict in the Middle East are driving up oil prices.
20: While neither Israel nor Hamas is a major oil supplier, if the conflict were to escalate, it could pose a greater risk to oil markets. Analysts are anticipating that oil prices may reach $100 per barrel in the near term due to the escalating regional tensions. I'm John
2: Schaefer. This is USA News. Right
21: now, you can eliminate odors, mold, mildew, bacteria, and viruses in your home with the Eden Pure Thunderstorm air purifier. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm uses Oxy technology that naturally sends out O3 molecules that seek out and destroy odors. The thunderstorm doesn't mask or cover up bad smells. It eliminates them, leaving that fresh, clean smell, just like after a thunderstorm. The thunderstorm is small, plugs right into the wall, and fits in the palm of your hand put one in your basement, bedroom, family room, kitchen, or anywhere you want clean, fresh air.
2: Singer Pink has canceled two concerts this week due to a family emergency. The artist took to her social media platforms to inform her fans that the performances scheduled for yesterday and tonight in Tacoma, Washington will be rescheduled. Pink has been thrilling packed stadiums nationwide as part of her summer carnival tour. The Commerce Department says September retail sales rose by seven-tenths of a percent, excluding auto sales. There was still a notable increase of six-tenths of a percent, surpassing economists' initial projections. Starting late this month, Best Buy is set to launch its Black Friday sales. The holiday calendar includes early access to Black Friday deals for all customers starting on October 30th. Mark your calendars. Followed by the official commencement of the Black Friday sale. On November 17th, Britney Spears disclosing that she had an abortion after becoming pregnant by Justin Timberlake. This revelation stems from an excerpt of the singer's forthcoming memoir, The Woman in Me. Spears stated that Timberlake was not pleased about the pregnancy, believing they were too young to navigate parenthood. The couple was together from 1999 to 2002. The Woman in Me set to be released on October 24th. I'm Corey Myers, USA News.
7: Something funky is always happening here at Sports Byline. I don't know where Rick went. So, you're going to get me for the first few minutes here. Dominic Jimenez temporarily filling in for the aforementioned Rick Tittle. I I, I don't know where he went. Maybe the goblins got him. Maybe he was abducted by uh, uh, the rats that followed him from his attic. I don't know. But thank you for taking some time and joining us here on Sports Byline USA. Heard across the country and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. Heard everywhere. Oh, look who arrived. Hey, Thanks, Dom. Yes,
3: and uh, sorry to put you in that situation there. And um, I cannot tell a lie. I chopped down the cherry tree. Now, I went into my office and I bought this can of Pringles because it's said now with multigrain because usually Pringles are made out of plastic, right? And I go, oh, this is pretty good. And then I heard your voice, and I was like, wait a minute. So I've been doing this show uh, over 20 years. I've never not got back in the seat in time until right then. So things are going downhill. The CTE is kicking in. Uh, the senility. The apathy. I mail in every show I do. No, I don't want to get carried away. <clears throat> and actually, we planned that. I just wanted to see if... You know, Darren and I got together. Let's see if Dom jumps in, or let's see if he's so embittered he'll just let the music play like Scott would for three minutes. See, he still cares. All right, we got Brad Owen on the other side. 1-800-878-PLAY is the number to call. 1-800-878-7529. The Twitter, the X is at Rick Tittle Tittle Letting Sports with Rick Tuttle. Uh, Facebook as well. Come on back.
0: Wendy's
1: new breakfast two for three dollar biggie bundles let you create your own delicious combo. Choose from a sausage biscuit, egg and cheese biscuit, small seasoned potatoes, and a medium hot coffee. But it's obvious which combo's the best: sausage biscuit and small seasoned potatoes. Well, maybe it's the fresh cracked egg and cheese biscuit with a medium hot coffee, or two savory sausage
4: biscuits.
5: Yeah, uh, whichever you pick, you can't go wrong. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's new two for three dollar biggie bundles. Limited time only. U.S. price of participation may vary. Not valid in a combo. Single item at regular price.
0: Yo, J. Balvin here. Verizon just hooked me up with a new iPhone 15 Pro with titanium. How can you get one? By switching to my plan at your Verizon store. Get the amazing new iPhone 15 Pro on them. When you trade it, any iPhone, any model, any condition guaranteed. And listen to my new song, Dientes, on your way to get the new iPhone 15 Pro.
6: Don't miss out. Switch to my plan from Verizon today. It's your Verizon. 999 dollars 128GB only. Device payment purchase or full retail purchase with new smartphone line and unlimited ultimate plan required. Less $1,000 trading or promo credit applied over 36 months. Promo credit ends. Eligibility requirements are no longer met. 0% APR
23: at PrizePicks.com/slash/byline for a first deposit matchup to one hundred dollars. PrizePicks daily fantasy sports made easy.
1: That's 800 211 6008.
9: Hour two of Titillating Sports. You thought it couldn't get any better, but it's better. Rick Tittle is back. He's so great. I can't believe how awesome he is. More sports talk, yes. Couldn't get any better, but it's better. Rick Tittle is back. He's so great. I can't believe how awesome he is. More sports talk, yes. Hour two of titillating sports. Hey, check out Channel 9. Check out Rick
3: Tittle. All right, check me out. Coast to coast, border to border, around the world, on the American Forces Radio Network, nationally syndicated out of San Francisco. Twitch.tv, how you doing there as well? Uh, We've been talking to a lot of people over at the uh, World Poker Tour, WPT. We had Vincent Van Patten on again the other day. He's going to be hosting this huge, huge event. This is going to be going on At the World Championships at the Win Las Vegas coming up in December from the 12th going through the 21st. And last year they were bragging about 15 mil, and that is something to brag about until you see this year's guarantee of 40 million. I can't even just say 40 million, I got to say it like that. And so we bring in Brad Owen, who's going to be a part of it. Brad, welcome to the show. I saw you on Twitter or X, whatever it's called. You're a Niner fan, huh?
24: Yeah, I grew up in Santa Rosa and uh, grew up a big Bay Area sports fan, so Niners, Giants, and then uh, kind of a bandwagon Warriors fan.
3: <laughs> I hear you. So um, when you move from Santa Rosa to Las Vegas, it's not like you know moving to uh, Rancho Cotati. What, what was the lifestyle change like?
24: <laughs> <laughs> well, I went to school at University of San Diego, and then after college I moved to, uh, San Francisco, and uh, from there I moved to Las Vegas. So I went from one big city to another one. But Vegas has a lot of traps, so you kind of have to be on your best behavior. And uh, you know, if you have any vices and you're a professional poker player, it can it can eat you up.
3: I'm fascinated by the fact that poker, to me, is pretty cut and dried if you think about it uh, in black and white. Keep these cards, look at the exposed cards, give those cards back. Hopefully someone doesn't take your card. So how do you get good at it? That's the thing I want to know.
24: There's a lot of literature on poker. So playing poker, getting that experience in at the casinos, and then going back and studying, there's a lot of math involved that'll give you a good foundation if you understand that. And you have what are called solvers. So basically you input data, and then a solver will give you an output and tell you kind of the optimal way of playing things and what decisions you should make. So the best players in the world tend to be the most studied players, and they know how to navigate these solvers the best.
3: Did you learn that at Ridgeway or L.C. Allen or Montgomery? <laughs> or? <laughs>
24: I, I went to uh, Cardinal Newman High School.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah, I, almost... I
24: went to Santa Rosa Middle School and then Cardinal Newman High School. Yeah.
3: Didn't it get burned down, Cardinal Newman?
24: It did. Yeah, there were uh, there was a big fire there in 2017, and there was a lot of damage. But uh, you know, I graduated in in '06, so uh, yeah, quite a, quite a bit after. I graduated, but luckily, you know everything has been rebuilt, and uh, it's a much nicer facility in campus than when I went there actually,
3: yeah, I remember uh, I almost went to Cardinal Newman when we were going to move up there. I'm from the East Bay, and the thing was was that you know Dick Vermeil coached here this is a this is a quarter this is you know I want to be a quarterback. this is where you want to go, Cardinal Newman it was a big did they force you to play football when you were there?
24: <laughs> it's funny, I played soccer my whole life from the time that I was four and basically through high school. But freshman year, I didn't know anybody and playing freshman football was a big deal. So mm-hmm. so I did play freshman football. It's the only year I took off from soccer. Um, and I loved it. It was, it was a lot of fun. It was a good way to, to meet everybody. I think there were like 100 to 125 kids in my class my freshman year and about 55 of them played football
3: crazy and, and you know looking back because i love soccer too but you know i went to start high school in the 70s it was super macho and especially in richmond where i was from so and then i played in college too and i sort of wish that i had just played soccer i, I not had the 500 concussions but let's move on let's talk about the, the world poker tour and this is the world tour earlier this year you're in phnom penh cambodia And it's right there in front of me, not a good tournament. But you come home, the Gardens Casino, and you have a great tournament. So when you're flying back from Cambodia, do you think, wow, this was a complete waste of time? Or do you think, no, lessons learned, and I'm going to turn it around like you did?
24: (laughs) So right before we went to Cambodia, I had lost $300,000 playing these massive high-stakes cash games at the Lodge in Austin, Texas. So I had almost canceled my trip to Asia. I, I actually was supposed to go to Vietnam right before Phnom Penh. I canceled that leg of the trip. I went to Cambodia. I, I did get second in the tournament out there for 28000 It was kind of a smaller event. Uh, and then I did cash the prime main event for WPT, but that was a small cash for 4000 or so. Um, so I mean I did end up making some money out there, but uh, you know, when you lose three hundred thousand right before <laughs> getting back about thirty five thousand, uh it just it only makes a small dent. So uh <laughs> when when we had the Gardens Casino event and I final tabled that, that was that was pretty significant. I cash for a hundred and twenty five thousand. I got fourth out of three hundred plus entrance and uh yeah that was that was kind of one of the highlights of my tournament career
3: is there somebody on the tour because look i don't you really call it coworker, colleague uh teammate uh enemy but are there is there someone on the tour who's like the greatest guy ever or gal and then someone who's like that guy is such an a-hole i hope his eyes pop out of his head next time we play
24: There are definitely some characters that travel around the WPT. Uh, most people are pretty nice and friendly. You know, there's a couple of old school poker players who still kind of have this hustler mentality that was, that was very prominent in this, uh, in the previous generation of poker players. So they would do kind of everything that they could to do, uh, to win. And that included cheating and, uh, various things like that. Whereas, my generation is more kind of computer nerds. I I mentioned the solvers earlier and uh, it's very much more math based rather than field based. And so most of the guys from my generation, including myself have kind of like a finance background and then they just got into poker, uh, you know, from there almost and and try to do things in a more methodical uh, way. And, and it's, it's not really based on trying to get every microscopic edge you can, if that means you have to cheat. So uh, there are still some characters, though. There's this guy named Cuz. He's just really, really loud. And if he beats somebody or takes a bad beat, everybody within, you know, 100 yards will be, will be hearing about it. <laughs>
3: Well, it's the thing. You grew up on the main streets of Santa Rosa, Catholic High School, and then La Jolla. I mean, but you've survived, haven't you?
24: <laughs> I I did. For to be clear, uh, USD is not quite in La Jolla. That's UCSD. So
3: we were we were
24: really in the thick of it there um, on that hill in San Diego. <laughs> yeah,
3: hey, I went to St. Mary's, so I'm I'm kind of right with you in the whole college experience yeah, there. Yeah.
24: I, I mentioned I was a bandwagon uh, Warriors fan, band, and that's largely due to the fact that, uh, you know, my, my girlfriend through college, she went to St. Mary's, and I, I loved watching Steph Curry and Klay Thompson play uh, college basketball. It was a big game between, you know, St. St. Mary's and Davidson in 2008, I believe, for the uh, NIT. It was either the finals or semifinals where, you know, Curry came out to, to Moraga, and uh, they had a, did a pretty cool game there between Patty Mills and, and Steph Curry.
3: That was Steph Curry's final college basketball game. Very good knowledge. Everyone, make sure to check out. You're now our favorite, and we're going to root for you because you're the Bay Area's own Brad Owen, the WPT Tour, at the win from the 12th to the 21st in Las Vegas. They're going to give out $40 million guaranteed prize pool. Brad, bring it home for the Bay, man.
24: Yeah, thanks, man. We've got a premier meetup game December 1st as well. Phil Ivey's going to be there playing small stakes. So it's just the best opportunity that anyone can have to play with uh, what most consider to be the greatest poker player of all time. So that'll be really fun.
3: Great stuff. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll come on back on Byline.
12: It's a free consultation, so call right now. Find out how much time and money it takes to finally get that book idea of yours published. Make your dreams happen. Call Doran's Publishing right now.
1: 800-485-6003. 800-485-6003. 800-485-6003. That's 800-485-6003. Has your heater or air conditioner busted? Appliance broken? Computer crashed? Then you need an ARW home warranty. tablets, laptops, TVs, and other home tech from accidental damage and wear and tear. All plans come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. 800-867-6917. 800-867-6917. 800-867-6917. That's 800-867-6917.
6: Attention homeowners, it's not if something's going to break, it's when. That's homeownership. If your dryer, your refrigerator, or your AC and heating breaks, that's an expensive call. And who do you call? Make it easy on yourself and call Choice Home Warranty. We've already done the research and have access to 25,000 technicians that can be at your home quickly. We've covered close to 2 million homes in the United States. There's a good chance your neighbors work with us. Call us right now before the next breakdown. We'll tell you everything that's covered in your home and give you the first month free with our ironclad 30-day money-back guarantee. Call now and learn how to get your free month. 800-392-7027. 800-392-7027.
1: 392 7027 That's 800-392-7027. Limitations and exclusions apply. First month free with purchase of single plan. Visit choicehomewarranty.com for more details.
14: I'm so disgusted by Rick Tittle that I find him very intoxicating.
3: Hey, thank you for that. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. Coming up October 20th to 22nd, that's just in a few days, at the Roxy will be the 21st annual San Francisco International South Asian Film Festival. And we have with us uh, Ivan... Jagardar, here to tell us a little bit more about it. And I should say, this is Third Eye's 21st Annual. What is what is the thirdeye.org, please?
13: Um, well, well it, we have different spellings for thirdeye.org. And, by the way, thank you for having me on. Um, it's spelled T-H-I-R-D-E-Y-E dot O-R-G, like the third eye. So its internal reflection is... Um, one of the themes in terms of cinema and uh thinking about things that come up when you see a film so that's part of our uh and yes it has been 21 years we're quite thrilled about that it's our 21st birthday so we celebrate every year with a film festival and this year it's at the roxy theater in san francisco and we have a slew of diverse films uh that we are highlighting
3: how many people submit and cross their fingers, hoping they become selected?
13: Well, you know, we do it a different way. Uh, perhaps it's less labor-intensive, really. We go to different festivals and select films that we see. A lot of the films that we look at are actually international films that we see at, the, for example, the Cannes Film Festival or Toronto Things like that. So, and we, you know, after 21 years, we stay in contact with a lot of the filmmakers and they have their own networks, so we get films ahead of time, like a year ahead. Uh, So the shorts are something, the short films are something that we get, uh, we look at. But yeah, we try and be less labor intensive.
3: So selecting opening night closing night like how do you guys get together and say this is the one we want to start with a real strong film and then we want to you know have a finale with something really good too
13: yeah that's always quite a challenging process and there's a couple of us that try and figure out you know what's the best theme of the year sometimes it's a comedy last year after um, you know two years uh, of COVID we really aimed for a comedy to open it up and also the whole theme was more comic and lighter films this year uh... it was harder you know it's in the south asia and south asian diaspora being films from india pakistan um, bangladesh sri lanka um, the theme was a little different and so and uh... of, of course the diaspora lots of u.s based south asian filmmakers um, so it was a little difficult um, because there's a different mood in the air, so we decided to go a bit more, um, let's say, political, in, in our interest. But we, you know, each year we still have lighter themes, uh, like a Bollywood film, things like that. But this year, our our focus was on press freedoms and democracy, and the uh, transitions, and you know difficulties and challenges around that in the Indian context but it relates to us in the US and other places so our opening night film this year is while we watched and the director Vinay Shukla is going to be there and it's about primetime TV in India and one of the main primetime uh, anchors uh, Ravish Kumar and so it looks at just what's happening in terms of the normalization of authoritarianism but we'll have a discussion and Q&A with the director because it's an important theme. And it, again, it relates to the US and many different countries. And our closing night film is a little lighter um, and relates somewhat to Bollywood or Tollywood or all the different expressions of that. And it's Joyland. Even the expression of the film is Joy. Um, however, uh, I mean, it, it's not a Bollywood film. There's just parts of it that are. It has themes of, uh, of transgender Pakistanis and queer. Subtext, but it's a celebration of of identity, you know, the complexities around it, and love. So those are our opening and closing night films this year.
3: Very interesting. When you think about um, you know all the different uh, cultures that come into you know just the the term South Asia, there's so many different languages and countries and landscapes. Um, Who's open to it? Can it be maybe someone of South Asian heritage that filmed a movie in Germany? Like, what is the the criteria for it?
13: Yeah, I think we're open to all the above. You know, it's a very diverse community, and we celebrate our diversity and try and bridge our differences through cinema. And so, yes, we have, of course, India's the biggest film industry in the world, bigger than Hollywood. Uh, So we usually get a lot of films from India. We also try and... um, get a balance of male and female directors so, and also a balance from different countries, like we try and bring in films from Pakistan and Bangladesh. But also the, the diaspora is really large. There's a lot of South Asians. Even in the Bay Area, there's about 250,000 South Asians. So yes, there's a diversity, and we try and cater as much as we can to it. So we have this year films from India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, <clears throat> and a lot of the diaspora, including France. Netherlands, England, a lot of U.K. films, actually, in the shorts. And uh, if you want to see that diversity in one sort of snippet, it's the Third Eye International Shorts, which is a compilation of short films, of the best short films from the diaspora that we can find. And we put them together as Third Eye International Shorts, and we call it uh, From Mumbai to the Mission. And this year, a couple of the filmmakers will be there for Q&A also. Um, So that's some of the films. We also have... A film uh, of young uh, teenage girls surfing on the coast of uh, Bangladesh, which is Chittagong. It's the longest beach in the world, and it's these young girls who get to surf and work through a lot of their uh, trauma uh, through surfing. And I think it may be a film that a lot of people here could identify with. These are young surfers, and they enjoy being on the waves.
3: The Q and A I always found that can be a little bit stunted if there's, you know, there's maybe not a mic in the crowd or maybe the host doesn't know the people that he's doing? How do you make sure to know that the, the Q&A is, it runs smoothly after the film?
13: Yeah, I think that's also part of the spontaneity and excitement. Um, yeah, we usually have mics. I mean, in the past, we were always, we I mean, we try and be in independent theaters in San Francisco. We were always at the Castro, Roxy, and New People. This year, for the first time, we we're all... All the weekend at the Roxy. So uh, passing the mic is a little easier. I mean, the Castro seats 1,400 people. Mm. The Roxy is about 350 people. So it's a lot smaller and sound carries. So even without the mic, sound carries. But yes, we will have four mics uh, at the Roxy so that we can go to the audience, ask questions, and also have uh, whoever's uh, the director be part of the answering. But yes. Um, The moderator is always important to make sure that the questions are asked and questions are heard. Um, But, yeah, I I, I mean, I think part of that is the spontaneity around it. You never know what's going to happen, and that's part of the excitement of the Q&A. And you get, I always think of it as three dimensions. You know, there's the film, there's the audience, and then you get this sort of other dimension of what happened behind the film when you get to ask questions to the director.
3: Very good. We just have about a minute. You, I like how you say you go to other film festivals. You go to Cannes, you see the best uh, best documentary winner, A Night of Knowing Nothing. It's, it's Indian and it's French. It's supposed to be uh, a brilliant movie. You can Tell us a little bit about that in about a minute.
13: Yeah, that is also, it's a dreamlike sort of exploration. It's a documentary, but it's more of an um, experimental doc. Um, and it's about film students who are looking, again, it's a look at the political challenges within India and uh, how much expression is allowed, and so it's more of an experimental look at some of the footage of uh, students uh, demonstrating for the rights of free speech in India. And also there's a film on TikTok, by the way, just to add that, on, on October 22nd at the Roxy. So it's October uh, 20th to the 22nd at the Roxy Theatre. So, yeah, please do come and It's thirdeye.org, t h i r d i dot O-R-G, or you can type in T-H-I-R-D-E-Y-E dot O-R-G.
3: Thank very, you. Very good. From Ivan Jagardar, the South Asian Film Festival. Yeah, thirdeye.org as well. Thanks for coming on, and have a, great, uh, have a great time.
13: Thank you so much for having
3: me. Sure, no problem. I remember hearing about, um, you know, I, I love finding out Latin roots and etymology of how we get to some of these words. And from what I was told about Bangladesh, it is the people of Bengal or the Bengal and then Desh, or as we say in English is Desi. Desi is the term for Indians who are living in another country. So like there are so many Indians living in England and London and they're desis. So what it is is that when the Bengals the Bengals were forced out into that land, it's basically the people of Bengal who were pushed out but belong in Bengal in India, which came out with Bangladesh. That's the uh, is everyone still awake? Crickets? All right, we're gonna come back and we're gonna try to hook up with the Boudicca movie.
15: Exergen thermometers are proven to be more accurate than non-contact thermometers. With children back at school, keeping them healthy is important. Clinical studies have proven that non-contact thermometers are inaccurate and can miss fevers. Accuracy matters. That's why the Exergen thermometer is trusted and used by medical professionals. Exergen thermometers are available at many fine retailers. Choose a trusted and accurate thermometer for personal use. Learn more about why accuracy matters. Available at Walmart and participating retailers. Learn more at exergen.com.
18: Do you use the expensive blue or yellow pills to charge your sex life?
1: A psoriasis flare-up can make a walk in the park, well... No walk in the park.
2: It's that obvious, huh? I've tried so many lotions and creams, but I still have symptoms.
5: So those don't do enough to treat the inflammation beneath the skin, leaving you with those uncontrolled symptoms.
2: Makes sense. But what else can I do?
5: You can get real with your dermatologist, so they can help you get clear. Make an appointment, and oh, you're already on it.
2: Hi. Yes, I'd like to make an appointment.
5: Get real clear about psoriasis at Let'sGetRealClear.com. Sponsored by AbbVie. It doesn't really matter. I, uh,
7: I don't like my job and uh, I don't think I'm gonna go anymore.
14: Rick Tittle thinks there's a direct correlation between dogs and lightning.
3: Thank you for that, and we're waiting on our guest, and uh, we're trying to get Mr. Uh, Boudica back in again. A little note from the NBA, which I thought was interesting. LeBron James is in ramp-up mode for the season, as all uh, NBA players are, and uh, he played in his second game of the preseason the other day against the Warriors, um, and the game didn't count, obviously, and he sat out in the second half, and you saw some behavior that you wouldn't regularly see during the regular season, right? He knew he wouldn't be coming back to the game. He got in his street clothes in the second half, and there's nothing weird there, but what he was doing was he was eating his dinner on the bench. And the Warriors won 129-125. Michael Cooper, Laker legend, he chimed in on a podcast saying, I didn't like that. Again, he's LeBron James, but still, you've got to have respect for the game, man. He's over there. I don't mind the guy eating, but go eat in the locker room. And then when you come out, you come out and be a part of the team. Not just sit on the end of the bench eating. Well, LeBron kind of has a history of this. You might remember that game he missed about five years ago against the Clippers. He came out with a glass of wine. (laughs) What it is is LeBron can do whatever he wants, and he knows it. And I think for the most part he is completely respectful to the game because when he plays, he plays hard. Now you might remember when they shut him down, even though they weren't going to the playoffs and it was like, what? It's like the first time LeBron didn't go to the playoffs. And so they shut him down and they showed him in some record studio, like trying to rap or something, or maybe he was producing an album. I shouldn't assume, but he was in a record studio and his teammates were at the game. And they're like, okay, they're shutting you down, but you're going to a record studio instead of the game? Why aren't you on the end of the bench? And so, look, it was just a timing thing. It was bad timing. Um, His postgame call came earlier than his teammates, and he could say, "Uh, I should be in the locker room eating, but I wanted to show support for my teammates, so I came out. (laughs) You could look at it that way as well. Uh, I did uh, have somebody ask me the other day about Zion to the Warriors, which is a very interesting non-story. But the thing you got to remember about Zion is that he is a tin man. And I hate saying that because a lot of his bad luck. It's like Jimmy Garoppolo. He's just always hurt. And I'm not saying if I play quarterback in the NFL, I wouldn't be always hurt too. am not saying he's not tough. I'm just saying it hasn't gone well for him. But if you think about all the games Zion has missed, you know, as a rookie, he tore his meniscus and missed half of his rookie year. Then he was relatively healthy the next couple seasons. He only missed a couple of games. He's like, all right, here we go. But then it was three years ago he broke his finger. And then two years ago he broke his foot and he missed the entire year, the entire year. And so last year, he's like, I'm healthy. And then he pulled his hamstring. How many games do you think you would miss pulling your hamstring? He missed 45. <laughs> I would think your hamstring would have to pop and literally come out of your body and fall onto the hardwood for you to miss 45. And look, it's one of those things, right? How you feeling? Yeah, it still tugs. Really? How you feeling now? I can't. I can't extend my leg. Can you jog? Not really. Week later. How about now? It's the same. I'm never going to accuse someone I don't know of dogging it. I I can't do that. You know who looked like he was dogging it? Brock Purdy in the playoffs. Just a very innocuous little hit. And he goes, oh, my shoulder doesn't work anymore. I'm like, oh, what a coward. Now, he literally had a very serious injury. Very serious injury. (laughs) So you can't, I'm not going to judge it, but if you do trade for Zion, you're going to have to trade the world for him. And is he ever going to play? You know, this guy coming out of Duke, shredding his own Nikes, he was playing so hard he went through his shoes. And you'd like to say, what a bunch of garbage these shoes are. But nobody else is coming through their shoes. And the fact that a guy lines up for a three-pointer, he's under his own rim, and he runs out, and he jumps basically where the key is, like the low block, and he still blocks the shot, just mad hops. Yes, and remember all the Knicks fans, we're getting Zion, and we're getting KD, and we're getting Kyrie. No, no, no. In fact, KD and Kyrie were on the other side of the East River there for a little while. They're both gone from there now too, <laughs> but it was um, who was the guy that ate the hot dog on the sideline? Was that Tony Romo or was Mark that? Sanchez? Mark Sanchez, thank you. It was Mark Sanchez. Good knowledge there, Dom. Mark Sanchez when he was with the Jets, he just said to the kid, "Hey, go get me a hot dog." And <clears throat> it's all about, as the kids say now, it's optics. There's nothing wrong if you're starving during the game. If my quarterback said to me, Coach, I'm starving. I need to eat something. <clears throat> then it'd be like, okay, definitely eat something. And then you'd have the trainer give you an energy bar or a little bag of protein or some sort of weird type of, you know. Eric Harr, who used to do shows here, he was a fitness guy, and he goes, you know all those the energy food and granola bars and Diet, all that stuff supposed to give you, you know, strength. Do you know what it is? It's food. That's all it is. It's just food. So if my quarterback is like, I'm starving, I need a hot dog. I'm like, you really, you want to eat a hot dog right now? I love, I know someone who her whole life is health and nutrition. And she knows you can ask about any food. And she knows the answer. It's amazing how smart she is. And I said, when you look at a hot dog, what's the difference between nitrates and nitrites? She goes, I have no idea. (laughs) Am I getting nitrates or nitrites? Because if you look at a hot dog, they're they're not that high in calories. But every one time she showed me a video of a hot dog cut in half and it had 9 million maggots in it. I'm like, that's not how hot dogs look. This is some Soviet film trying to make you not eat a hot dog. So anyway, I i know I'm bringing this up, coming back from the Zion thing to the LeBron thing. It's just the optics <clears throat> of I don't care. Now, if this is Latrell Sprewell saying, I need to feed my family and $52 million isn't enough, and then he starts eating, or someone who's holding out, like if Colin Kaepernick kneeled and then started eating a hot dog, that would have... <laughs> I actually, that would have been awesome (laughs) if he kneeled and he said, "This is what I think," you know. And I am not laughing at his protest because those are real things, and he has every right to do a peaceful protest when you are not playing, you know. If it's like he comes up to the line of scrimmage, third and six, the clock's ticking down, he's under center. Wait, he pulls away from center and now he's kneeling in protest. No, 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 no. And he never did that. He never did that. But if he had kneeled and eaten a hot dog, it's like this. This is. You know, it, it would just be to rub it in. It's optics, right? <clears throat> There's this laissez-faire sort of, I, I don't care. I'm just going to go ahead and, and do whatever I want. But and this is not going to define the Lakers' season. The thing that's going to start, that's going to define the Lakers' season is staying healthy. And you could say, well, Rick, that's every team. Yeah, but it's all about the unibrow and LeBron. And I know they resigned signed Austin Reeves and D'Lo, and those guys are going to start. And then Darvin Ham has to figure if, I mean, they started uh, Torian Prince in the preseason. Jared Vanderbilt is hurt. Uh, Rui Hachimura, uh, Hachimura, I should say, uh, is still there. Uh, Gabe Vincent, Warrior fans will always remember him. But, you know, you, you always wonder about father time with LeBrain's. This is, he, he's 21-year veteran. And at the peak of his power, the people, it's funny, there's a new stat, drives per game. Oh, we have our guest? All right, Better Late Than Never. We got a couple of minutes with our guest. It is director Jesse Johnson. He has a, a brand-new movie, which is coming out in theaters, on demand, and uh, digital, on October twenty seventh, it's called Boudica, Queen of War, from Saban Films. Uh, Jesse, welcome to the show, and um, just knowing that Oleg Kurilenko is going to play Boudica, I- I'm already in. That was a huge get because she's not just a beautiful Bond girl; she's a really good actress. She's
22: incredible. She's absolutely the motivator for getting this film written and done. She's she, and she's just wonderful as as Boudica. I hope you enjoy it. She's uh, pretty ruthless.
3: Do you get into the whole Iceni and the and the background story on Boudicca, or you just kind of start off with, you know, what I'm going to revolt against Claudius, Nero, whoever Caesar is at the time, and get just get right to it?
22: No, for me, the most important thing was the story of of the woman, you know, the the personal story. I try and you know, I try and find the characters in my films that the audience is going to hook into, and then we you know, then we paint them against this sort of vivid backdrop. In this case, you have, you know, a woman who was basically a queen and uh, she was very, very well looked after. She was a, her husband was a collaborator with the Roman occupation force. So she had lots of land. She had a lot of holdings, animals and farms and people that, uh, you know, that, that looked up to her. And she looked after them. And, you know, they've they've been doing really, really well for some time. And I don't know if you know much about, you know, the kind of life they would have had there, but it wouldn't have been too dissimilar to a, a wealthy housewife in Beverly Hills nowadays. They got their hair done, their nails done, they bought expensive fashionable clothes and animals and they got fantastic food imported from all over the world. Uh, it was it was really quite a lifestyle she had and, you know, looking after her children the way that mothers do. And so what I needed to do as a filmmaker was establish this, uh, you know, initially and, and lull Hopefully, the audience into this sense of sort of security in seeing this wonderful life and creating this world that not a lot of people realise existed, uh, and then sort of pull the foundations away from them and shock them with the uh, you know the, the basically horrifying act that that punctuated the middle of the film, you know, and her life, which was uh, indescribable by modern standards. There's no real way to film it, and it took it took me probably a decade or two to try and figure out how to write it and make it as a movie in a way that didn't turn the audience off instantly, you know. We have two Roman accounts of the time, Tacitus and the other fellow, I can't quite remember his name, but, but you know, the description of what happened by Tacitus is so appalling, so, I mean, it makes what's happening in, in Gaza seem like, you know, Sunday school outing. And so you, you have this act, which you don't want to film, you have to figure out how to do it, and I, I, I It took as i say, meeting olga and realizing i had the chance to make this film i had the character to work out the way to do it uh and then you you have the second half of the movie which is when she you know gets divine retribution when she when she scourges the face of ancient britain uh and and destroys the occupied cities uh and kills hundreds thousands of, of romans and roman collaborators uh, and for the first time, bans all of the Iceni together under one leadership, which, by the way, had not happened up to this point. She was the first leader to be able to command an army that it, it represented all of these different tribes, Trinavanti, Iceni, Brigantes. Well,
3: and I, uh, I, I hate to cut you off. We're out of time. Everybody check out Boudicca, Queen of War from Saban Films. We're just getting started here with Jesse Johnson, but we got to run. Thank you for coming on. And we can't wait to see this movie.
22: Thank you for the time.
3: All right. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back.
5: Medicare and do you use a CPAP machine?
1: That's eight hundred seven six zero eighteen forty five.
11: If you're struggling to keep up with conversations, avoiding restaurants because you can't understand the waiter, if you've got the TV volume way way up, then you really need these. These tiny but powerful little hearing aids are the Nano CIC rechargeable, priced at only two hundred and ninety seven dollars for a full pair. And no, these are not simply amplifiers. These are ultra high quality, ultra reliable hearing aids, priced thousands less than other hearing aids.
1: That's 800-278-1738.
9: To me, it's like a mountain, a vast bowl of pus. (laughs)
14: his servants
3: it's a shame that guy wasn't on time I had about 5,000 more questions for him We well, we got three minutes in with him apparently there was a 4.1 earthquake out of Bethel Island which is out in the sloughs near Antioch did you feel anything Don? Ah. we got another <laughs> hour together I'm Rick Tittle it's no laughing matter come on back on Byland
13: don't
3: have brain damage great way to end the show
18: usa news
2: i'm Corey myers the president is en route to make a wartime visit to israel right after a deadly blast at a gaza hospital that killed hundreds
20: Palestinian officials blame Israel, but the Pentagon said it's not clear who's responsible. Israel says the bombing was the result of a rocket misfire carried out by Islamic Jihad Palestinian militants. I'm Dave Collins.
2: According to a Palestinian official, an Israeli airstrike on that Gaza hospital resulted in hundreds of casualties. This attack occurred last night amid the ongoing conflict between Israel and Hamas. However, Pentagon Deputy Press Secretary Sabrina Singh says it is not clear who's responsible for that missile strike. It should be very clear that Hamas is the one
11: putting Palestinians uh, or those in Gaza at great risk.
2: Israel has stated that they do not target hospitals. Israeli forces seem ready for a ground invasion of Gaza. In response to coordinated attacks by Hamas earlier this month, Israel has both enforced a blockade on the Gaza Strip and conducted airstrikes in the region. The casualties from that conflict have now reached 4,200. The U.S. and Israel have come to an agreement to facilitate the distribution of humanitarian aid from donor nations to civilians in Gaza. Rising concerns about a broader conflict in the Middle East are driving up oil prices.
20: While neither Israel nor Hamas is a major oil supplier, if the conflict were to escalate, it could pose a greater risk to oil markets. Analysts are anticipating that oil prices may reach $100 per barrel in the near term due to the escalating regional tensions. I'm John
2: Schaefer. This is USA News. Right
21: now, you can eliminate odors, mold, mildew, bacteria, and viruses in your home with the Eden Pure Thunderstorm air purifier. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm uses oxy technology that naturally sends out O3 molecules that seek out and destroy odors. The thunderstorm doesn't mask or cover up bad smells. It eliminates them, leaving that fresh, clean smell, just like after a thunderstorm. The thunderstorm is small, plugs right into the wall, and fits in the palm of your hand put one in your basement, bedroom, family room, kitchen, or anywhere you want clean, fresh air.
2: Singer Pink has canceled two concerts this week due to a family emergency. The artist took to her social media platforms to inform her fans that the performances scheduled for yesterday and tonight in Tacoma, Washington will be rescheduled. Pink has been thrilling packed stadiums nationwide as part of her summer carnival tour. The Commerce Department says September retail sales rose by seven-tenths of a percent, excluding auto sales. There was still a notable increase of six-tenths of a percent, surpassing economists' initial projections. Starting late this month, Best Buy is set to launch its Black Friday sales. The holiday calendar includes early access to Black Friday deals for all customers starting on October 30th. Mark your calendars. Followed by the official commencement of the Black Friday sale. On November 17th, Britney Spears disclosing that she had an abortion after becoming pregnant by Justin Timberlake. This revelation stems from an excerpt of the singer's forthcoming memoir, The Woman in Me. Spears stated that Timberlake was not pleased about the pregnancy, believing they were too young to navigate parenthood. The couple was together from 1999 to 2002. The Woman in Me set to be released on October 24th. I'm Corey Myers, USA News.
3: Hey, thank you so much, and welcome back to the show. we got another hour together. we got J.D. Sharp coming up on the other side from Pro Wagering. We'll take a look at the MLB playoffs and the NFL. And then 1140 author Barbara Edelston-Peterson will join us. She has a book called A Whole Athlete Makes the World Better. Who can make the sun? I did it again. All right. You know, I went to Sharks opening night, and they said it was a sellout. I don't think it was. But it's the first time in the history of the NHL since divisions were formed that a team faced all four division winners in their first four games. So I was praying for just a point. They did get that the other night against the Lanch. They lost the overtime shootout. But I watched the Sharks game last night, and they hung around for a long time against Carolina. They were up 3-2 in the third, and then... The Floodgates opened four goals. They lost 6-3. to It was a shame. But they don't have a lot of talent. The problem with the Sharks, their special teams are horrible, and especially on the power play with no EK65. You trade away Eric Carlson. Ooh, we got rid of that money. But there was a reason why the Sharks had one of the best power plays in the NHL last year, because they had the Norris Trophy winner. Eric Carlson had one of the greatest seasons in the history of hockey for a, a blue liner, and he played on a lousy team. Just the desperate. I know he wanted to leave. I know he did, but I still don't think they got the returns, and their special teams are lost without Carlson right now. I mean, when your best player is was a guy cut by the Red Wings and Philip Zadina, I mean, until Cooch comes back, he's better than Hurdle. I like how he stuck up with him last night, too. Hurdle got boarded, and then you know two Czech guys going, <laughs> helping each other out. But, yeah, it's going to be a long season. I don't really like the coach, but, you know, it's like Mark Kotze. Can I really judge him on what I've seen so far? All right, 1-800-878-PLAY, Tune in app, iHeartRadio app, Stitcher app, Twitch.tv. Hey, how's it going there? And CRN Digital, plus two, the cable radio network, channel two, at 35 million homes. Girl, come on back. we got another hour.
23: at prizepicks.com slash byline for a first deposit matchup to $100. PrizePicks, daily fantasy sports made easy.
5: Life insurance is one of those things that just about everybody needs, but few people actually have. Hey, if you die unexpectedly without life insurance, guess what? You'll leave your family with even a bigger mess. pricing information
1: 800-915-9654 800-915-9654 800-915-9654 that's 800-915-9654
4: has someone in your family lost a job recently and now you can't afford your mortgage payment or do you have a rental property and your tenants aren't paying you
9: Rick Tittle is a genius, the best show ever, he's so wonderful, genius, the best show ever, he's so wonderful, lighting sports, with Rick Tittle, Rick Tittle is a he's so handsome, he's a genius. Coming up
3: next, Rick Tittle. Hey, thank you for that. 11-12 on the West Coast. That means it's time to check in with someone over at our favorite place. Yes, that is pro-wagering. And we have J.D. Sharp with us. Uh, J.D., tonight the Astros would really like to get a victory over the red-hot, invincible Texas Rangers there. Christian Javier is really good. He's never lost a playoff game. But Max Scherzer... Even though that they say he can go seventy pitchers or more, he says he's fine, but he hasn't pitched in five weeks. How are you looking at this one?
25: Yeah, that, I think this is a game where the Astros come away with it. They have so much talent offensively. The Rangers, the Rangers have tons of talent offensively as well, but I think they've just played really well as of late. I don't think they've score six, seven runs. Javier has been good in the playoffs. He's been good on the road. He's been good at uh, Rangers Stadium. So this is a game that I, I look, I look to the Astros too. And again, you know, the, this Phillies team, I got to tell you. These guys are legit, man. These guys, these guys could really win it all, and in convincing fashion. Their their team is just built. They're just built for these circumstances. But yeah, tonight, I think uh, I think the average people are they're they're going to look at Scherzer and go, "Oh, that's Max Scherzer. I'm going to bet him." No, I, I I like the Astros here. I'll probably take them first five and full game tonight. Series will be two
0: one.
3: Yeah, not to jump ahead. You mentioned the Phils. Very emphatic yeah. with that game last night, ten to nothing. You, do you get the kind of feeling that? You know Bryce Harper toiled for so long in Washington as soon as they leaves they win a World Series and they got close last year do you think he's just on a mission to get his ring
25: oh absolutely yeah Bryce Harper I mean keep in mind this guy's only 30 years old Rick
3: mm-hmm.
25: we've been talking about him for what 15 years since he was a seventh <laughs> grader or an eighth grader or something like that
3: down in Vegas I mean, the right? He
25: started, he's still got 10 years left easy I mean it, assuming that he stays healthy which that that he, he doesn't do that very often but He's proven to be an absolute elite talent. When he is healthy, he is as good as it he gets. He's a two-time MVP for a reason. I think he's going to end up a World Series MVP this year, Rick.
3: Yeah, I mean, they have to get there. It's going to be Suarez versus Fat or Fat. It seems like every time I turn around, I see Fat is pitching.
25: Oh, he's awful. He's, he's he's awful. He's not good at all. He's good on four days. That's it. Only four days. Four days rest. That's where he's good. But um, yeah, I. I, I that's a game where it's going to be pretty tough, pretty tough, to get me to take the uh, the Diamondbacks. I, I think that I think there's a real good chance that the Phillies actually sweep this series. Rick,
3: do you also feel like because it's in Texas with the American League, and then you know Phoenix is a it's a big market, but Phoenix and yeah. uh, Philadelphia that. I think, you know, with the NFL going, that these, uh, it, the, these playoffs aren't really captivating America's imagination, as they say.
25: Yeah, I mean, kind of. I, I think that's why we're seeing a lot of the big score totals, too. Because you've got to keep in mind, like, if it's a Sunday game, well, I mean, the MLB wants to keep that audience. It's pretty tough to keep that audience if you're not scoring a lot of runs. At least that national, you're gonna keep that local audience, you're gonna keep the, the fans of the teams themselves. But that national audience that's just looking for something to watch or you wanna make you want to get some wagering on it, you're gonna to need to score a lot of runs because you're gonna to have to have that action. The thing about the NFL people don't tell you is it's action junkies. They just love to watch these guys just hit each other and do everything, you know, do do these do these very, very physical things that happen in the NFL. So I think that there is an element to that where if it's a day where there's a baseball game and a football game and a football games after, they're gonna do what they can to maintain the audience. And for whatever reason, maybe it's the balls. I don't know what it is, but that means scoring a lot of runs.
3: Let's switch to the NFL for a second. I know you're not a big Kyler Murray guy because he's not a a big guy, but we're 10 months after that ACL tear, and uh, he's back at practice today, and he could come off the uh, pup list here very soon. Of course, they're 1-5 in in their first six games. They didn't want to go with McCoy, so Gannon brought in – Joshua Dobbs does this mean anything for Arizona or is this just, you know, at this point, you know, playing the violin on the Titanic?
25: I don't know. I mean, I like Dobbs. I like Dobbs a lot. Um I think that, you know, one thing you're not talking about is James Conner got hurt. James Conner's a really good back. Keonti Ingram's not very good. I think and I didn't know this. I took I took the Cardinals last week to get the Rams. I didn't know the Conner was hurt. I had no idea. This guy just gets hurt all the time and no one talks about it cuz he's just no one cares about him, you know. It's a small market team. Connor, even though he, he survived cancer and he came back and he's done some good things, um, yeah. I, I I don't without Connor, they're kind of devoid of talent. They've got Ertz, they've got Michael Wilson. That rookie's playing well. Rondell Moore, you know Marquise Brown, but a good corner is going to lock them down. Dobbs uh, the has been accurate this year. He's been close to sixty six, sixty seven percent, but he did throw a red zone pick um, last last game, which hurt me a lot. Again, I, I like I like Dobbs. I think he's a good athlete. I think you know, they beat the Cowboys outright. He's a he's a you know he just got his degree in aerospace engineering by the way, so he's very very smart. Um, so I, he's he's probably a temporary solution. Yeah, um, I mean, and it, if if, he, if they do tank, it could be a matter of well, let's see who's all going to tank now. The Fields is out for the Bears, <laughs> so now they've got they got Tyson Bayend. Uh, they they might uh, pick up another quarterback. Mac Jones is just awful. Um, Anthony Richardson's out, which isn't good because he's a quarterback, and they shouldn't have to tank for another quarterback. But I could see them tanking for maybe Marvin Harrison Jr. Wouldn't that be interesting if he gets drafted by the Colts? Rick, let me ask you this: What do you think? What do you think about the amount of dual threat quarterbacks coming into the NFL, and you know the the criteria changing? You know, like even like a Josh Allen, a Lamar Jackson, the guys that are the guy are not even Lamar Jackson because he's actually a little more pass first than run first right now. But the quarterbacks that are sixty forty pass run, and yet, like in college, you can get away with that. But in the NFL, you have such good defensive athletes right now. Do you think that these dual threat quarterbacks being drafted consistently is hurting the NFL and hurting the offensive production that we're seeing because these guys are are injured so much?
3: I don't know. I don't know if I would say hurting. I do think it's dumb to design a play where your quarterback's going to run. It's nice to know that he can take off. If he has to, I mean, that was one of the things that was so maddening about John Elway. He was such a big oaf, but yet he could still run for a first down when he had to. You wouldn't want to design a play. But it's a copycat league, and if one guy does well, then everybody wants to get that guy, and they have so many rules in place to protect the quarterback, and they they still get hurt. And it's the hardest position to prognosticate you know we got all these guys who are undrafted who go to the hall of fame and we got these first round picks that are garbage so i mean it's it's just so hard to figure out this position
25: i think what they're trying to do is that because mahomes has done what he's done i think they're trying to just replicate mahomes over and over and over mm-hmm. people are really high on caleb williams i gotta tell you i'm not i'm not i watched him play against that notre dame's got nfl players in their secondary benjamin morrison cam hart take Watts. these are nfl guys Morrison's going to be a first-round pick. They ate Caleb Williams alive. He's got a big arm, sure. He's got the back pedal, sure. But he's asking for ownership in a team. He, he reminds me of like a, maybe a little taller Kyler Murray at this point, honestly, just with that same kind of prima donna attitude. Um, but, yeah, they keep trying to replicate Mahomes, and I'm not sure it's ever going to happen. I just think he's that unique, the way that he's built, the way that he plays the game, the way that I mean, his, his arm, his speed without looking fast. They keep trying to like get that over and over and over, but like for example, Anthony Richardson, if he was healthy all year long, the guy would score forty touchdowns. But the way that he plays, he takes on so much punishment that he's he's bound to get hurt. So I think that we're going to see a lot more of the Tom Brady style, and C.J. Stroud is actually kind of like this, which is good. I think Stroud's got a huge future. I wish he was a little taller, but we're going to see a lot more of those six foot four to six foot six quarterbacks. I think pretty soon,
3: Rick. Yeah, I mean, they, you, you get a guy like Daniel Jones, and you go, "Here's your big extension," and then you're like, "Ah, he sucks." It's just so yeah, hard. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's hard. And to he's figure. the same
25: way. He's 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 also kind of sixty forty with that with that RPO. That RPO does not work in the NFL when you've got DNs that are six six two sixty running four fives and linebackers that are running four four twos at two forty. I mean, and say I mean, you, you're just not going to hold up. I don't care who you are. You know, Roethlisberger did because he was just humongous, but. There's, there's only so many of these. So I just think that there's an effort to to recreate these players, and you're, and they're overdrafting. They're, 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 they're spending too high draft picks on quarterbacks in the process, and it's just hurting the quality of offense in the game.
3: No doubt about it. Good stuff from J.D. Sharp. Check out Pro Aging, all the sports. They got you covered right there. Thanks, J.D. Hey, thanks a lot, Rick. All right, and we have open lines coming up next, so get on in at 1-800-878-PLAY.
1: 800-725-1651. Paid for by Legal Alert Line.
13: Sometimes when I'm driving on the road at night, I see two headlights coming toward me. Fast, I have this sudden impulse to turn the wheel quickly, head on into the oncoming car. I can anticipate the explosion, the sound of shattering glass, the flames rising out of the flowing gasoline.
26: Right. Well, I have to to go now, Duane,
4: because I'm due back on the planet Earth.
14: Tittle ain't the man, but Rick Tittle know who the man is, and he slapped his white fanny.
3: Ah, I love that line from Annie Hall there. Christopher Walken there playing Dwayne, the weird brother. 1-800-878-PLAY. Coming up the next segment, author Barbara Edelston Peterson. She has a new book about sports. I know, right? Believe it or snot, y'all. So the lines are open. 1-800-878-PLAY. I always like the story that a lot of SNL people about when one time Walken was hosting SNL. And there's so many great stories. I can't do the voice. I mean, I've had Jay Moore in here, and he's probably the best. He's even better than Kevin Pollack. But they said, um, you know, uh, they they went through the read-through, and they said, is there anything you want to add, Chris? And he said, Bez suits are funny, and also Bez. Okay, thanks. Best suit. <laughs> I can't do walking. I'm sorry. Um, sometimes, as I said, LeBron James eats food because he can. Why does a dog lick his? Because he, all right. Now, if James Harden has a signature move other than falling down after he shoots a three-pointer, it's quitting on teams when they have decided that, uh, he's decided he doesn't want to play for them anymore. And he did it in Houston. He did it in Brooklyn. And now he's doing it in Philly because Harden was a no-show yesterday at practice. And what's funny is that I saw him interviewed a couple of days ago. He was wearing the 76er stuff. You know, they're in camp. They're in preseason. And reporters are like, so you're here? And he's like, yeah, I'm here. You know, I, I got to take care of my family. I got to get my money. I got to be a professional. I, and they're like, well, can you fix the relationship with Maury, and he said, no, it can never be fixed. Because remember, Maury was with them, Daryl Moore was in Houston, and then Maury said, hey, I'm with Hong Kong, and then China's like, no more games on TV, and Adam Silver's like, what? And they're like, you have to censor him, and he's like, it's America, you can say whatever you want. And then China went, yeah, all right. <laughs> but um, apparently Hardin said, <clears throat> that Daryl Maury said, don't worry, We will trade you. And apparently he wanted to go back to Houston. And Daryl Morey just, you know, what is Houston going to do, bend over backwards? Harden says, I want to go to Houston. And then he says, okay, we'll trade you there. And you're like, what are you offering? Houston probably said, what are we offering you? We're offering you a foldable card table and a a lamp and some copier paper and a box of pens. Why should they offer him? I mean, it's they have all the leverage, and so Maury's like, "I'm not trading him for that." Then Harden's like, "How's that trade going?" And then Maury's like, "It ain't happening." Now I know I'm paraphrasing, and I wasn't there, but that's pretty much it. I'd bet money on it. Yeah, you're not going to Houston. They're offering trash. Yeah, but you said I, I, I did say that. But I'm not giving you away. I'm not dumb. And therein lies the friction. <clears throat> And then Harden said, all right, well, what about the Clippers? And apparently Maury said, I'll talk to him. And Marmona Shelburne of ESPN said that he was supposed to show up to practice today to explain why he had an unexcused absence yesterday. Because now that Harden is super pissed that the whole Clipper thing never happened either. And so um, it was also reported by Sham Sarania that Harden is going to start the season on the Sixers roster because Daryl Morey also asked the Clippers for a trade commensurate to an MVP and Harden is old and he's a pain in the ass, but he'll score you 30 points a game and some nights 50. He won't play any defense, but you look at the end of the night. He's got at least 28 to 34 points. You don't just hand that guy to another team. And they asked the Clippers and they're like, well, what's going on? The Clippers said there's a sizable gap. Right, because the Clippers are doing the same thing Houston's doing. We will give you a second round pick in twenty thirty seven. What else? Um a ball pump? <laughs> what are the Clippers gonna say? We're we're gonna give you Paul George and three number ones. Not for a guy that age. <clears throat> and so now, I mean James Harden, if he doesn't show up for a game, even in the preseason, he doesn't show up for a game, he can be fined, for each game, $389,082, because that's how much he gets a game. Whew. Failure to render services is what it was called. And for every practice he missed, like yesterday, 2500 we are eight days away from the Sixers opening their season at the Bucks. Of course, the Bucks—all that's going to be the team everyone wants to look at. Not the Warriors, not the Celtics, not the Lakers. We thought it would be about Banyama, and we'll look at him, but no, no, no. Giannis and Dame, that's where we're going to be looking first, and we'll see how's Wemby doing. So there's exciting times in a lot of NBA cities, but Philadelphia, this is just dragging them down. And then they found out he didn't show up to practice today because he took a private jet back to his house in Houston, Texas, a different state. Oh, that's why you're not here. Yeah, I, I went home. So can you imagine, A, being stubborn enough to take that hit financially, and then, B, being rich enough to financially take a hit like that? <clears throat> And I would say, wow, he's really sticking to his guns. Well, he is. But sometimes, I remember when Jimmy Johnson coming out of Ohio State and the Dallas Mavericks drafted him. And he held out, and he held out, and they said, if you don't show up, because he agreed to a contract, and then he wanted to change it. And they fined him for every game he missed. And back then it was like, I don't know, it was like 40000 a game. It was something, not like now. Maybe it wasn't even that. But when he finally signed, uh, signed, they paid him for all the games that he held out. And he went out and he bought a gun and he drove around and he pointed it at people and he got arrested. That was the first thing he bought. <laughs> and all I could think of was when, I don't know, four or five years ago I went to the Mountain Winery down in Saratoga, a nice little music venue. Hard to get to, but it's very nice. And I saw Tony Braxton in concert. And she is great. She's beautiful, talented, great voice. And all I can think of was that she... And Jimmy Jackson and Jason Kidd had a love triangle, and I'm like, ugh. <laughs> I know that's not good. But you know what? On more important details around here, there was a report from Woj that the Warriors are also not really rushing to extend Clay Thompson right now. He said that there's absolutely no progress, and they are both way apart on years and there's a very real possibility that Clay Thompson will be a free agent in the summer. Well, there's something that I was listening to Greg Papa the other day. Um, and he was talking about, cause I haven't been around Dunleavy. I don't really YouTube, but he said Dunleavy is very nuts and bolts and he's smart, but he doesn't have this love kind of thing that Bob Myers did. Bob Myers was like, Hey, we're all buddies here. Me and Steve and Dre, ah, oh, we get on each other's nerves. We're family, man. We're family. Everything's cool. And Dunleavy comes in. What time does my coffee get made? (laughs) So I don't know if that's part of it. But, you know, this is, and by the way, this is what Bob Myers, when he was asked about Clay Thompson. He said, well, this is why I left, first of all. A lot of times people will say it's just business, but this is not just a business situation. This guy, there's going to be a statue of this player outside of Chase Center. He was instrumental in bringing four championships. He's beloved inside the organization, the fan base. So it's not so simple as money and years. This is the guy that Steve Kerr said is the most no-maintenance player that he's ever coached. I like that. Not even low-maintenance, no-maintenance. So, you know, this will be this is going to be the biggest test to see what they do with Clay and break up the Splash Brothers. I just, I can't see Lakeham doing it. I mean, unless Clay averages three point two points a game the whole season, I I just, I can't see it doing it. But that's more pressing to me than uh, James Harden crying about playing for the Sixers. Mm, I don't want to. Why not? Because I don't want to. (laughs) It's like Step Brothers. I said I didn't want fish. I said it like 10 times. (laughs) All right. uh, Let's take a break. When we come back on the other side, author Barbara Edelston Peterson. It's a mouthful, as is her book. So come on back.
9: I wonder if my parents will ever be a part When mommy's the i feel to say
7: Sweat it out, watch your entry update in real time, and continue the fun by making picks on second half and fourth quarter stats. Take your game day experience to the next level with Price Picks. And right now, when you go to pricepicks.com byline and use code byline, Price Picks is matching your first deposit up to $100. That's pricepicks.com byline with code byline for a 100% deposit match. Price Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.
14: Rick Tittle once threw a tennis ball at a donkey.
3: All right. Thank you for that. And welcome back to the program. Rick Tittle with you in San Francisco and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure to welcome to the show, Barbara Edelston Peterson. She has a new book from Treehouse Press. It's entitled a whole athlete makes the whole world better. Barbara, welcome to the show and that title is, You really can bite off a lot with that. What was the sort of gist behind this project?
26: Hi, good morning from Santa Barbara Hmm. um, up there in San Francisco and hopefully globally. Um, A Whole Athlete Makes the Whole World Better is the second book um, in a series of books that I wrote when as an athlete I realized it wasn't okay to live in a bubble and that athletes have one of the most ideal opportunities to make a positive difference in a world that's extremely challenged uh, today. And it's okay. It's wonderful to be um, a champion sport and to be the best person, but not without recognizing there's an opportunity to care, to be aware, to care, and make a difference. So that's really the premise here. With
3: the book, well, you think about some of the the obvious lessons we get. You know, learn how to win, learn how to lose, um, trusting teammates. But also, like I think about when I was fourteen, and I went yeah. to kind of a school in a rough area, and I played football, and I ended up playing football in in college as well. But that first year when I was fourteen, I didn't know if I was tough, like I didn't know if I was going to cry and run home to mommy. And so when I got through that first year and I was like, wow, I mean, that, that built, I think the most confidence I had, I mean, not to be cheesy, but almost for the rest of my life, like I can do anything now. I mean, I just think about the confidence it can build.
26: And that's one of the beautiful parts of sport, but there's, there's a whole litany of attributes that athletes, Learn and carry, and really reflect back out to the world, which is why I think um, my my tagline or my my subtitle is "Making your voice and actions as strong as your body," because we we really can't live in a bubble. And athletes have too much integrity and inspiration. And opportunity to leverage, meaning to share. And there's a message that we each can choose. It's up to us, I think, what it is, if there's a cause we believe in, or just to show that we care, besides being mm, tough or inspiring or determined or happy, you know, we... We reflect so many different things, but really to let the world know that we, the world meaning other people, um, whether they're close to us or far away, um, that we care and that we're able to step up. Um, I want to I quickly share a quote that just happened to pop up when I was looking through preparing for this. It's in the book. It's by Nelson Mandela, and it's, it is this. It says, sport has the power to change the world. It has the power to inspire. It has the power to unite people in a way that little else does. And um, I really believe that, and it's a big message throughout all of my work and in this book.
3: You think about also, too, just respect, and you, in a weird way, you want your rivals to be really good because it's going to mean so much more. When you beat them, you know, it's like, yeah, we won, but your best players were hurt. It's like, no, we, we want to respect you. And it's, and it's, you know, shaking hands after. And I think about that. If you could take at that sort of spirit and put it into the political realm and we can count athletes who became politicians on one hand. Usually they're the most and it's nothing against them but they're the most unathletic people in the world. They don't even understand sports. Whenever they try to talk about sports they sound stupid and I just wonder if we could somehow make it make it a prerequisite that you had to be at least a varsity athlete in something in high school before you can run for president.
26: Oh I just love this. We are birds of a feather in terms of that opinion and that perspective. Yeah, I think um, athletes at every level are special. And knowing that and being that, there's no way um, after going through all the things that I've gone through from injury, injuries to, um, you know, being so high in the podium so many different times around the world, to breaking both heels and having an epiphany that changed my life. It turned my life upside down, but it was such a gift. Um, And it wouldn't have happened without being an athlete and having to be resilient and realize I want to step up in a whole other way at the same time that I still want to be an athlete. I still want to win, but I want to help others rise to whatever occasion that is for a better world. So there's a whole nother level of wanting to win that really had nothing to do with being on the podium or getting a trophy. It really had to do with being a champion of positive change. Couple so more That's what I'm trying to really bring to the forefront in this book.
3: couple more questions for Barbara Edelson Peterson. The book's called A Whole Athlete Makes the World Better. I think about two about when you can get to that point of being an elite athlete and the way you take care of your body and you can use some of those lessons, that the leadership that you've mastered with yourself that you can impart on others. And I remember, uh, and I feel like if you're a person of faith, I remember Avery Johnson, who was an NBA player, he said, I'm so blessed. He goes, God expects a lot out of me. I can't just sit on this talent I have. I need to, you know, if you're a person of faith or not, you know, it's just like you, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you need to spread spread the message and sort of, like, not hog it for yourself.
26: Yeah. (laughs) That's that's exactly right. I think there are so many opportunities um, to make an impact that go far beyond a touchdown, far beyond a perfect score, um, far beyond um, being the shining star. We really have... A role to play that's um, an opportunity and really so appreciated by others who might not realize it you know this book what I like to think about is this book is just sort of tapping athletes coaches parents families on the shoulder to say um, you have an opportunity and it is about yourself it is about being strong it is about being resilient It is about being empowered, but it's also about stepping up for other aspects of life because our world needs us, others need us, and our planet needs us.
3: It's an interesting dichotomy, too, in that we're in an age where athletes are more than ever taught to look insular and be aware of your mental health, and just because you're good-looking and athletic and healthy and rich that you also have problems. I like how you're kind of turning it around and saying, okay, take care of yourself. Now look back out, (laughs) help everybody else.
26: Well, exactly. And so the structure of this book, A Whole Athlete, makes the whole world better, which at some point I want our audience to know how to get it, which is on the website wholechampion.org or by emailing me, barbara at wholechampion.org org, and if you email me, you can get 20% off, um, whether it's one book or 100 books or 300 books. Um, I would like to order w-
3: 300 books, please. Souls,
26: <laughs> souls. <Soled. laughs> we can talk about that later. Okay. But anyway, um, uh, oh, so the book is structured by personal, social, and environmental responsibility, and at the end it sums it all up, what that means about being having global responsibility, personal, social, environmental responsibility, and global responsibility and being a whole athlete. But going back to what you were saying uh, about personal responsibility, you know, athletes work themselves to the bone, you know, blood, sweat, and tears, especially at the highest levels. But we don't know what goes through the mind of a little leaguer or a little club gymnast or swimmer. I think athletically – we become fatigued. And one of the issues that I bring up is to care greatly for one's adrenals because I actually experienced adrenal failure. And it's very serious. So we have a personal responsibility to ourselves to really be hydrated, to be intelligent nutritionally, to understand the impact on our adrenals. But what we do with that is Um, come to the forefront and come into our lives so much more empowered, so much more alert, alive, and showing that, first and foremost, caring for ourselves is how we move through the world. And then taking that into social responsibility and environmental responsibility is showing by example how to care for a better world. And... Now is the time. I think the days of just being um, your own self-absorbed, selfish, egotistical champion or athlete is those days are over, and we we'll see, we see that in the almost all greats. And we what I want to do is it's not just about the uber, you know, the um, iconic, the Steph Curry's. Uh, Simone Biles, the um, all just the tennis players, the swimmers, the ski racers, hockey players—it's all of us stepping up however we can. That's I have something I really want to share. I don't often share this, but I feel like it right now. When I got going with this, and I really thought about champion and whole what that is, because my nonprofit is Whole Champion Foundation is. Whole is what's been missing in the cachet of champions throughout history. And hopefully my book and other people like Simone and Michaela Schifrin and uh, Michael Phelps are showing the world that we're whole people who have whole issues. And we can, if we share them and lift others, make the whole world a better place by doing so.
3: All right, there she is, Barbara Edelston-Peterson, the book, A Whole Athlete Makes the World Better, available from Treehouse Press. Barbara, thank you for coming on. We appreciate it.
26: Thank you so much for having me.
3: All right, good stuff. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a break. We'll come on back. You want to squeeze in at 1-800-878-PLAY.
18: Right now.
1: Paid for by Steel Man Pills. 800 965 1295. 800 965 1295. 800 965 1295. That's 800 965 1295. that's 800-943-2153.
10: You talking to me? You talking to me?
14: Rick Tittle can usually be found at He Baby Mama House.
3: Hey, thank you for that. A couple minutes left in the show. Guess who got a new contract? You? now, Roger Goodell, the compensation committee, not competition, compensation committee, extended his uh, contract officially to 2027. And, um... That would mean that he will be, uh, let's see, he will be 65 this Super Bowl. So that means he'll be 69. And um, <clears throat> the contract was supposed to expire next year. So that'll this will probably be it for him, you would imagine, but... He was the commissioner under Spygate and Bountygate and Deflategate and Ray Rice and Kaepernick protests and, and pandemic. And it said he negotiated $113 billion broadcast rights. Well, I always remember what, um, it was the cornerback Norman. He said, you could put a dog in a suit and you'd get the same thing. And I could not agree more. This league is on rails and he does what he is told. That's why he is good. And you know who approved this extension? Robert Kraft, Michael Bidwell, Jimmy Haslam, Shahid Khan, and John Mara. Patriots, Cardinals, Browns, Jags, Giants. Yeah. You are a good butler, Jeeves. You've been a good servant. You've been a loyal servant. And uh, we're going to let you live in the house for a few years longer. Thank you, sir. May I get you your coffee now? Thanks for tuning in. We will see you a manana, and we'll have another edition of To Sports at 9 a.m. Pacific time.